How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. I have coffee in my hands. Mm -hmm. Welcome to It's Not an Allegory. Yeah. This is our 12th episode, which is kind of crazy to think about. 12 um, episodes of us just talking about, what, art and philosophy and music and... Coffee. Coffee, mostly theology and Jesus, because we really love Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Wow, 12 episodes. That's nice. Oh. I'm Pam, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Erin, who still hasn't stopped cringing every time I call her lovely. <laughs> so I'm going to think, I think it's my new goal to like come up with new description words every week for Erin and see how that goes. Oh, no. It's, it's going to be great. Brilliant. Well, okay then. So. Coffee. The coffee this morning is actually really good. Uh, usually we try it after, but uh, we filled the mugs too much. Mm. I filled the mugs too much. There we go. And so, and we have huge mugs, by the way. So we have a lot of coffee. We are very happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that means <laughs> that means it's a good start to the mm -hmm. day here. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, too much coffee in our mugs, and so we spilled on the way over. So we had to drink some of it so that it wouldn't spill yep. over. We've already tried it, um, so you're not getting our first reaction. So sorry for all of you who were very much anticipating our first reaction to coffee. I'm sure it's very important to all of you. That was sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. Uh, this morning we're drinking a Timur hybrid. It is a light roast. It has citrus, tropical fruit, mm -hmm. and sweet pastry notes. And it's actually quite lovely. Usually, yeah, we, we've talked yeah. about, like, we usually stay away from acidic cups. It just, mm -hmm. you know, acidic cups are acidic. Yeah. <laughs> so. Doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> it just, it's not always the greatest, but man, this is really good. And I made it really strong intentionally. Yeah. And man. It is. This is a good morning cup of coffee. Like, yeah. Oh, no. For me, like, some of these roasts, I find they're better suited for different times of the day. Like, mm -hmm. some, I think, would be better suited for a latte. Some would be better suited for um, drinking it with co or with a dessert in the evening, like yeah. a cake or something. Or, like, your afternoon mm -hmm. kind of studying. Like, yeah. Yeah, your dessert with cake, you'd want, like, a nice bitter mm -hmm. dark roast kind mm -hmm. of thing, like, with lots of almond tones. Yeah. Because it would offset the sweetness of dessert kind of thing. But but this is great for oh, in the morning or yeah. in the afternoon. Like I would probably, I would probably enjoy this with some biscotti, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. or a scone, because that's me. I like scones a lot. So this, this is what I think of every time I have coffee. Nobody knows it's been in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, I just would really love a scone. Scone. <laughs> a scone. A scone. Or scone. Scone. A scone. Don't ever say that to me. Or, like, I dream of Cobb's bread whenever I drink coffee and just having one I of love their Cobb's. pastries. I want one of their raspberry chocolate pastries. Like, the one that we said a few episodes ago that I would be. And there's our buzzer. Um, we've been told that you guys can hear the buzzer, so I've just decided to comment on it We're now. I'm just going to acknowledge how much of a jerk it is. Yeah. It's Saturday. No one is in class. We don't need a buzzer. I'm mm -hmm. very confused by this. Yeah. It's fine. Anyways, anyway, move on. So... Today's overarching theme is creativity. Something we're very excited to talk about. Yes. Uh, we were inspired to talk about this because of a class that we're taking uh, with Lauren Geek, mm -hmm. called, uh, Worship Leadership. And so it's not just like, I guess we, we, we talk, in evangelical circles, we talk about worship as the music, mm -hmm. but there's a, a whole host of other things. Like worship is the whole service and we worship in various aspects of our lives, or we should be at least. Um, worshiping isn't 
an action is something that you do, and an action is usually something you respond mm-hmm. to. You're, you're using something to mm-hmm. respond to something that's been revealed mm-hmm. to you. Uh, that was a really weird definition. Yeah, um, we can move on. I guess you could revelation and response, mm-hmm. right? You, something has been revealed to you. So in in our context, you the the truth of the gospel and of Jesus Christ, who died and rose mm-hmm. again to pay for our sins, mm-hmm. so that we could spend eternity with Him. We, that's been revealed to us, and our response is worship itself. And so for me, a lot of times that is music, but often it's also I'll paint mm-hmm. and I, I'll draw and I just need to, I need to express it somehow. It has to get out of my system, uh, mm-hmm. and there's really creative ways that we can worship. So that in that class then it brought up a lot of sources of creativity and like, why be creative and different creative ways that we worship and just trying to think of Mm -hmm. how to utilize creativity within the church Mm -hmm. as we are becoming leaders in the church and as we're being set up to lead others in worship. It's really cool. I love that class. Pam has looked over and seen me just thriving because we talk about art and music and all the things that I love. Mm -hmm. So that's why we decided (laughs) we're going to talk about creativity. We are. Yep. Yep. But I guess first we're going to have a little game, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Pam here is going to, I'm going to give her maybe a random object. I don't know. We're going to give her a random idea. And she's going to describe a fictional work of art as if she's in a gallery and you're listening to her describe a work of art. So just close your eyes and imagine you're standing next to me and Pam and she's describing this artwork to you and how it makes her feel and we're going to be very pretentious about it, because why not? And I'm going to draw it, and we'll post it later on social media, mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook. So if mm-hmm. you're not following us on Instagram and Facebook, go follow It's Not an Allegory. Definitely. That was a brilliant plug. That was a brilliant plug. Wow. And, yeah, I know. Anyway, so I'm going to draw it just on my in my notebook, so there'll be lines and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be pretty, but it'll be really fun, because <laughs> I'll definitely not be drawing what she's picturing in her oh. head. So, all right. I'm just going to look outside the window. And think of something, uh, Pam. It should be pretty abstract. It needs to be abstract. How do we? I'm not very abstract most of the time. Um, um, um. The color red, but yeah. but don't use the color red. I know you love the color oh, red, so I love she's the really, color red. really happy. Okay, red is the most. I'm not ready yet. Hold on. No, I'm just giving a background. Okay. Um, red <laughs> is just the most passionate, vivid color. Like there are so many emotions that are portrayed using the color red, where it be whether it be anger or passion or love or just or lust or lust evil or, evil, or like devil's danger. in a little red suit. Dan- like so many thoughts are compounded in the color red. So you're gonna find it right away. Pam is the words. Per- wordsmith and i'm the picture smith yes i know that's not a thing it is now i am picturing the color red in my mind okay but it's it's an artwork yes all right so close your eyes pam is taking you to a very abstract pretentious Mm -hmm. art gallery and she's describing to you this piece okay so all the brush strokes on this piece are very um chaotic there's not a lot of symmetry or form in this piece it's like just bold strokes with different forms of brushes, whether it be sponge brushes or just like bristle brushes that are kind of dry and you can see every line in them kind of, like there's just so much detail within it. And there's different 
forms of red. We got our bright like stoplight red. We've got the deep maroon red and the blood red. There's some soft red that you would see on a robin and it's just, it's communicating such passion. I'm just seeing so much love and so much desire within it. There's, um, there's little bits of black for the high, for the shadowing and it's showing a tree in the background but it's made of the red and within this tree there is just i lost my train of thought no i hear a truck go away truck no pam pam focus I'm focusing. focus there's a tree and it's um flowering and but all the flowers are kind of floating away and there's it's symbolizing the dynamics of love and anger within change whoa symbolizing the dynamics between love and anger within change mm -hmm. that was a line dang girl mm -hmm. that was not that was I blame the truck. I don't know where the tree came from. It's mostly because I opened my eyes for a brief moment and, saw, and a saw a tree. And I was like, ah, yes, trees. She just made that all up in her head, by the way. Like, she, like on the spot. We did not plan this ahead of time whatsoever, obviously. Um, and I'm still trying to draw. Also, I realized I only brought a black pen, so I will fill that in later because this piece kind of requires some color because I didn't think it through, okay? <laughs> we need to plan these things better. We do. I, I thought, I was like, man, that's a good idea because I did this in class, like, um, yeah, I was asked to describe an abstract piece. An abstract piece. So she just kind of went off and I just started drawing it in my notebook. Mm -hmm. And I have a bunch of different colored pens. And it was really cool. And then, like, Tyrell also described something mm -hmm. and I drew his. And, like, you were picturing the same thing. Mm -hmm. That was what was really cool mm -hmm. is I drew something and you looked at me like, that's what I was picturing Which is when funny you said that. I think that part of that is because I was focusing more on the emotions and the feelings and, like, different kinds of strokes. And I was thinking about, like... Mm -hmm what what was actually said like mm -hmm. what colors yeah. what like was it whims like I guess you could say it was a whimsical piece mm -hmm. which describes an emotion but it's also it was done as an artist you know you'd use a lot of flowing very like bright colors kind of like exaggerated saturate mm -hmm. if you're using any amount of realism you're going to saturate it a mm -hmm. lot so that the colors are really vivid so it gets this kind of whimsical feeling mm -hmm. right as an artist, I know how you manipulate, mm -hmm. manipulate sounds like a bad, mm -hmm. bad word for that, but you manipulate the colors to yeah. in, invoke something, mm -hmm. right? And there's just techniques but of how you I think do that. The reason that you and I had similar ideas for Tyrell's is that he was very literal in his description. Yes, he was. And so, uh, yeah, which is weird for abstract, but that's fair. Absolutely. And yeah. So anyway. He wasn't very abstract with his abstract thought. And no, was he wasn't. That's why he and I are so great together. It's because I'm very abstract and he is very not. I'm kind of, I don't know, it depends. It depends. Mm -hmm. I can be abstract. I just don't usually indulge that because I get very pretentious. And I don't true. like that. I, I, I prefer to be grounded. My artwork will often, almost always reflect reality of some sort because... I enjoy some of the things I see. So I, and part of why I do photography is so I can paint it because I, I love creation and I love nature. And so I'll usually paint the things that I see. Uh, that's what I enjoy the most. 
I, in, in my mind, that's a very practical and, and really cool way that I can reflect the artist, like the creator, and, and kind of try and put down into my own words, I guess. I put words in air quotes because it's a painting, not in words, but just in my own style, what I've seen and how I see God speaking to me through creation, right? Through his creation. And that's, I don't know, that's a total aside, but I don't know. I have well, lots of reasons. I'm going to make art. you be so abstract. Yeah, you are. Uh, this tree has gotten very realistic, though. You're going to, that's unfortunate. I I'm didn't sorry. Want a realistic tree. I, it, um, the colors will make it yeah. better. So mine was similar, and I think you stole my idea when I, you described this. So, um, but. Describe the color green without saying the color green. Oh, that's right. That's where I got that from. Yes. We, we plan very late at night, my dear. I forget most of the things we say. It's true. Um, describe the color green without saying the color green. I'm, gonna I'm to not get... going to draw it because that's not my forte. Um, what kind of green? Green. Oh, don't do that. No. So all greens. Green. Uh -uh. So all the greens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Without using the word green. Okay, I'm going to have to dig into the abstract side of me. I'm going to try and keep this down to earth without saying the color green. Saying mm -hmm. the word green. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I realize I said the word red a lot in mine. But... I didn't tell you not to use the word okay. red. So that's fine. Uh, or I might have. I don't remember. Yeah. Never mind. Um, okay. Green is my favorite color. So this, this should be easy. Um, I might end up describing a scene because mm -hmm. that's how this will work. Green is cool and refreshing. It, it is growth and new life. It is the, the hope after a cold winter. Um, green is shoot green is the sound of wind through leaves i know you hate wind but wind through leaves is that's the color green uh green is ah shoot i'm saying the word green i'm sorry um it's i'm not okay. using it to describe it I'm, yeah uh it is soft light that the sun pours through Mm-hmm. Mm. It is... Huh. Huh. I don't have enough words for this. You're the wordsmith. This is really hard. Also, I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing brown, 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 brown. <laughs> and some white from where the snow is still kind of left. Um, that can be enough. No, it is warm and cold. That is mm. my last thought. Okay, brilliant. That was so that bad. Was, yeah, you're not an abstract person. No, I'm not. But sometimes I think of things. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I'll have the the odd abstract thought. Yeah, but they're not. It's mostly most of our dynamic is Aaron being very objective and very concrete, and me being very subjective and very abstract, and walking in with random questions that shouldn't really be a thing according to logic, and Erin having to logic her way through them. Well, I 
think everyone has some concept of abstract thought because like in some ways God is an abstract thought in some ways, mm -hmm. but he made himself very not abstract mm -hmm. in the coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so like, things like the Holy Spirit. It's an abstract thought because we cannot put any concrete word into what is the Holy Spirit. And like mm -hmm. the spirit world is very foreign to us. We don't really know how to put that in words. And I really appreciate people who have abstract thought because like yourself, because you help me try and try and bring into concept the idea of the spiritual world. And I know I can't. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of, it's fun to muse over. Fair enough. And, but knowing it is a, a real, a, it's a, full reality mm -hmm. that I just can't understand mm -hmm. and I can't put into words and I can't wrap my brain around. That's really cool. I mm -hmm. love that. As an artist, it's like, sweet, something I don't understand and can't understand because mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful and so out of this world. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's a really cool concept. And so like that idea of God is abstract, but it's so cool that God, like he made himself man, a carpenter, just a, mm -hmm. a regular dude who... No one would have just noticed him walking down the street. He wasn't glowing. Mm -hmm. He had no form that we would desire him, right? He mm -hmm. was just another another guy. I've heard people say that's a reason they think Jesus was ugly. I think that's rubbish. It's not the point of the mm -hmm. passage. Anyways, <laughs> he might have been. I don't care. But ugly is a subjective standard. Anyways, that is a total aside. I need more coffee. Yeah. You're oh, really going for the rabbit trails today. Yeah. You've gone on like four. This is weird. And my it was, dude. I'm, I lost my train of thought, so we're going to stop there. Yeah. We, Jesus became a not abstract. Jesus is not an abstract thought because he's mm -hmm. man. Anyways, that's, yeah. that's cool. That's a really cool thing. Okay, we're not talking about abstractism today. We're talking about creativity. So, creativity. Um, Pam, what would you say is your source of creativity? Um, well... There's a lot of different answers to this, I guess, depending on your worldview. Like, as Christians, we both know, like, our source of creativity comes from us reflecting the image of God, right? Like, we have an in internal desire to create, and that's going to, like, it's just part of who we are as image bearers of God. We are creators. We are people who see a world and want to work with it, um, whether that be artistically or just with architecture or with science or anything like that. Like, everything to some degree is rooted in creativity and curiosity. Mm. And I think, yeah, so in that way, like, being an image bearer is probably the main source of where my creativity comes from. Um, you can also mm. argue my worldview is a, lot, a source of a lot of my creativity. Um, I write poetry based on experience, I write it based on emotion, I write it based on things I see in the world, whether it be, like, I, I've written a couple of poems about mental health. I've written a lot of poems about mental <laughs> health. That's a very prominent part of my worldview. I've written a lot of poems about my faith. I've written a lot of poems about just being a girl and what that's like. I've written a lot of poems about family. I've written a lot of poems about travel. I've written poems based on my experience here in Canada, I've written poems based on different events in my life. Like, everything kind of forms your worldview, and worldview is seen in art. Like, you, hmm. you can always tell something about an artist based on what's in their works. You can tell that you are very passionate about nature and about realism and about reflecting 
an image of some kind when you look at your art. When you look at my art, you can tell I'm pretty passionate. I'm very wordy, hmm. hence why I'm a poet um, and a writer. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think those are like the two main things that source, I would say, my art comes from. It's from Christ ultimately, and then experience, worldview, the news. I write poems based on what I see in the news. Those poems end up being long and passionate and angry. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I actually wrote down a similar question for you. Um, what, where do you get inspiration for your cre creativity? We heard you talk about this a little bit today. A little bit already. I'll just reiterate, like, I definitely think from, from God. Mm -hmm. um, I know that a lot of my art will be reflecting where I'm at in my spiritual walk. I guess what I'm, what I'm learning about, what mm -hmm. I'm growing in, what I'm wrestling with. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because the nature, nature does reflect human emotion quite well. Like in, in books and poetry, mm -hmm. often you, you'll describe an emotion based on what the weather is like. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if you said it was windy and turmoil inside mm -hmm. me, you know, everyone mm -hmm. would know what you meant. Like, mm -hmm. like the, that's my favorite a, a way storm. to describe, right? It's a great way to describe. And so it's, I kind of do the opposite. I, I'll do, I'll use art based on something I've seen to reflect mm -hmm. what might go on inside. And honestly, a lot of times I'm not really thinking, oh, I want to say something with mm -hmm. this piece. I'm just like, that looks cool. I'm going to paint it. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy that. And mm -hmm. so my inspiration is really, I, I just really love what God has created. And I'm very in awe of nature and how, how the world works. Like I'm watching mm -hmm. these birds right now and they're so small and so insignificant. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they, what do they even do? I know, sure, they keep the bug population mm -hmm. down kind of thing. But, like, mm -hmm. like, they're not supposed to be this grand thing. And yet, we can sit and watch birds and be fascinated by them for as long as we want. And, like, Jesus says, like, the Lord mm -hmm. makes, like, he feeds the sparrows. And he's comparing, like, how much more does he care for you mm -hmm. if he takes care of a sparrow? Like, that you should see a huge contrast. Animals mm -hmm. are not better than people. This is, that's, that's to show how much more our Heavenly Father cares for us. Mm -hmm. So like my inspiration, it's really just that God loves this world mm -hmm. and made it beautiful for no other reason than to glorify himself. Mm -hmm. I think I've ranted about this many times, probably on this podcast mm -hmm. too, but there's sunsets and there's cloud formations and there's things that that exist only for a moment and in places where no human eye sees it. Mm -hmm. There are stars in the universe we will never see. Mm -hmm. We will never comprehend. There's other, there's other solar systems out there that we just have no concept of. And it exists purely to glorify the one who made them. That's amazing. That's inspiring. That mm -hmm. makes me want to paint. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So then now my turn to ask a question. I said, where does creativity come from? But that's kind of the same question. Um, ooh, I wanted to hear your answer to this question. How does creativity get abused? Oh, um, 
this is something, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard my rant on poetry. Um, throwback to oh, Ruby our episode, and they call it art. It's probably my favorite episode, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah. Another plug. There that's you go. a <laughs> picture of that, that episode really showcased how art becomes corrupt when we focus purely on ourselves. Like, I say that I've... I, like my poetry comes out of emotion and worldview and stuff, and that's true. But my poetry is not so like my hope is not. I hope I don't communicate this. My hope is not in myself. Um, whereas I think artists, when they communicate, they're pointing to their answers and to their hope being found within themselves. Mm. It's it's an idolatry of self, really, mm-hmm. um, or idolatry of anything. You can say that with, you know, pretty much any art. It can be hijacked by some form of idolatry. That's why we have things like porn. That's why we have things like erotica. That's why we have things, poems that are so depressing and dark and gruesome is because we over-glorify self, and that leads to... The seven, you know, the sins that are described in the Bible. We see pride come out of that. We see lust. We see anger, malice. We see gluttony. We see, like, all of these things are found in, or start, and are such prominent, like, they're all such prominent aspects of creativity. In the world, like, I don't know, going to an art gallery, it's one of my favorite things to do, but it's such a dark place. Like, you see so much hatred and so much hurt and so much bitterness, mm. and yeah, it's all sourced in just looking to self to find answers or looking to other humans to find answers. Um, so, yeah, I think idolatry is the main way it gets hijacked. We focus on the create uh, the creation rather than the creator. Mm. And that can be seen in so many ways, whether it be in poetry where we get poems that are just about sex, depression, and drinking and drugs. And then we get art that's very gruesome and horrific and filled with a lot of pain mm. and anger. We get... Movies that are graphic and violent and atrocious to watch, filled with so many kinds of immorality. Mm. And all of these things could be used for good, but we focus on ourselves. You can really tell where an artist is trying to distract. Mm -hmm. Like, in a movie, um, immorality and various, like, gruesome horrors Mm -hmm. that aren't necessary to the film... Mm -hmm are distracting, and an mm-hmm. audience can tell when a director mm-hmm. is just trying to shock someone. Mm-hmm. And so art can become such a drug of, mm-hmm. like, you're just trying to get a shock. You're mm-hmm. just trying to send endorphins. And mm-hmm. when you become numb, you have to use do something even more shocking to just get a rush of some sort. Uh, and that's in various, various aspects of life. That's why mm-hmm. people get addicted to pornography. That's why... That, that's why you get addicted to drugs. That's that's yeah. the addiction center of your brain. That's how that works. And uh, you can, there's, there is violence that you can tell. It's like, no, that belonged. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you watch The Passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. it is a horrific film. Mm-hmm. It is gruesome. Mm-hmm. But you know that it was it's, it's telling a true story, and it's not even graphic enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, it would, would have been more violent, more bloody. Like, Jesus mm-hmm. was marred beyond recognition. And that is something where it's like, that's not distracting because you know mm-hmm. my Lord did this for me. Mm-hmm. And it, that is the, there's a point to it, mm-hmm. right? And so suffering sometimes feels really pointless, but it isn't pointless when you're yeah. aware of the God of the universe who is sovereign. Mm-hmm. might feel pointless in the moment. Even for the rest of your whole life, it might feel pointless. But, man, kind of div- diverted again. Here we are. He did, but it's fine. Um, what is creativity's role in the church? Ooh. Ooh. Well, I kind of talked about it at the beginning. Uh, worship. Worship mm-hmm. should be very creative, and we should uh, be encouraging people to be creative in their worship. Um, not creative to the point of no, no law and no... Mm, what's the word where there's boundaries no boundaries mm-hmm. like there there is boundaries and we, we are physical pe- people mm-hmm. who are fully constrained to the laws of gravity to the laws of physics i don't believe in gravity fun fact aaron's giving me a clear anyway it's because she probably votes for the rhinoceros party whose main goal is to repeal the law of gravity absolutely anyways um so as human beings who are you know, in one full sense, fully constrained, but in another sense, we're spiritual, kind of this weird mixture. Um, I think we should be encouraging people to to express their love for God in in ways that would be honoring biblically, mm-hmm. and but but not not any further than that. You mm-hmm. know, like like I don't tell people not to dance. I mean, dancing in our culture is kind of weird because it's not. It's usually dancing isn't isn't godly Mm -hmm. in in our culture, Mm -hmm. right? That's just not the way dancing is seen. But for someone who's singing a song and just starts jumping around and moving, like little kids do this Mm -hmm. all the time, that is a pure form of creativity. Mm -hmm. And I would never, ever discourage it because it is also precious. So precious. I love when little kids dance. I love it when adults dance just because you just can't contain yourself Mm because you're just so excited. Um, I'm really happy with kind of a shift that I've seen in the evangelical church, especially in my circle, of encouraging artists like myself who paint and utilizing mm-hmm. those gifts within worship because for a long time those weren't really encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and Renaissance, that was really abused uh, throughout history. Uh, church doesn't really know what to do with artists all the time. Like, music we get in one sense, but, like, other forms of art it, in which there's... It, it's just... It's confusing. It's a confusing realm. And no one really knows how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, like, if you're in a church, support your local artists. Not just saying that, that you should buy my artwork, but, like, support your artists, not just financially and, like, investing in mm-hmm. them, but encourage them to continue to do art. If you see where it's like, wow, that piece really spoke mm-hmm. to me, this truth from scripture, bring that to them and say, hey, mm-hmm. this is a good thing. Keep that mm-hmm. up. This is this can glorify God and you can speak to people mm-hmm. through your artwork and you can tell them the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. through your artwork. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Encourage, encourage people in that. So that, that is my, my charge to the church is, mm-hmm. is to encourage artists in that sense. And I'd say like in worship music, we have, you can really fall into a rut of the BGD E minor C, mm-hmm. those four chords 
and that's all we play and it's always 4-4 and it's about 90 beats per minute that with at least one uh, metaphor for water with at least one metaphor for water so i'd say let's maybe break away from that i'm not saying that's bad but let's not just do that like <laughs> make it a little exciting like a musician had an a minor in there yeah spice things it, up spice things up a little bit but like a real musician can do so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And often that's the way musicians get used in the church is just to play those four chords and just to be utilized in that sense. But within the church, I think we should be encouraging musicians to write music mm -hmm. and, and write songs for the congregation. Because mm -hmm. like Hillsong United, they live mm -hmm. in Australia. They are not writing songs for My Little Podunk mm -hmm. Church in Dalmany, Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what they're, they don't understand us. They're mm -hmm. not from the same culture. They don't know what my church is struggling with. They don't know what my church is going, doing well in. Mm -hmm. So they have to write things that are quite vague. So vagueness can be good. But I think as artists, we should also write something about your church, like, and, and be specific in some mm -hmm. senses and like to encourage them and build them up in what your church needs, mm -hmm. I think is what the artist should be pointing to God and the artists in the church should be the ones who are the first ones to see where people are wandering. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, the artists are going to be the first ones. They're going to be ahead of the curve in general because mm -hmm. that's just art culture is the way artists think. They're going to be the ones looking ahead and they're going to see where people are heading and they're going to speak to that. Um, that's why artists can seem so weird. And then two years later, everyone's doing what the artists are doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very common trend. And so, uh, I think that should be utilized. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, that sneeze threw off my train of thought. Yep. And now, I'm, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I have to say at the moment. I probably could rant about that for a very long time, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with my church. Uh, they, they commissioned me to do some pieces for our foyer. Some really great pieces that were specific to my church and how my church has been growing. And like, they gave me themes and they said, okay, now run with this. Mm -hmm. And that was so great. And like, and now I, I see them in the foyer and a lot of people, like visitors mm -hmm. don't know who I am, mm -hmm. but they'll come in and be like, wow, this, that's cool artwork. Like where did it come? Oh, it's, and they, I've, mm -hmm. I've heard people saying, it's like, oh, it's a, a young woman mm -hmm. from our congregation. It's like, really? Oh, that's awesome. It's, it brings together that family mm -hmm. in that community sense mm -hmm. and really helps to, yeah, bring people together. Art should do that. Art should not be divisive. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was a long ramble. I'm so sorry. I'm really rambly today. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> why creativity? Why, would, why should we use this, Pam? What are your thoughts on that? Um... <sighs> What to say? Um, because it's a gift. Mm. Like, ooh, that's good. Creativity is not something that just appears. It's not just some thing that you kind of can use but isn't practical. Like, God gave us creativity for a reason. And so I think that Creativity should be used as a tool to teach others about God. It's a tool to bring us together, and it's a tool to bring joy, honestly. Like, 
I don't know, look around us at the pandemic, the things that people kind of just call impractical normally, like art, like just creativity, like music, like mm. liking poetry, writing poetry, all these things were things that you kind of, you can choose to do in school maybe, but you know, there's more important things in the world. You, you need to focus on your maths and your sciences and your history, right? Whereas that's not really how it works in COVID. Mm. We, I've seen just in social media and stuff, there's more of a love of wanting to be creative and creativity being bringing joy. And as Christians, we have the responsibility to show through creativity where that joy comes from. It's not an arbitrary thought. It's not something that's just kind of in the distance. It's something that's very attainable, very real in a pretty dark, confusing time. We have hope and joy that cannot be explained. Mm -hmm. And art is one way that we can express that. So that's why I'm creative. Um, I also, I use creativity for communication, practically. I have problems communicating ideas out loud. But on paper, it's easier for me to communicate. Mm. So, Do you think that everyone is creative? Yes. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Because if you even, every child has an imagination with wild ideas. Every person looks at Lego and can build something. Every person takes the small pieces of a game that they should probably be playing and is playing with them and building hmm. things out of them as we play even a game. I'm speaking very personally here yeah. as I cannot play a game without building towers out of all my little game pieces. <laughs> um, like Everyone has the capacity. Even with... It's people, definitely a muscle that not everyone trains. I think that but. it's also very closely tied to curiosity. Ooh. Curiosity fuel, fuels creativity. So even in math, like, and this is an area of life that I have no knowledge in because I failed math three times. Um, fun fact about Pam. Pam does not do numbers. Um, and, like, when people are looking for new, cre like, new answers to things, when people are looking for equations, part of that, I think, is going to be creativity. You're trying new things. You're looking for different answers. You're and you're going to put things together and test it and see how that works. Same with science. Would that in, potentially end up in an explosion in a science lab? Absolutely. But I think those explosions are an aspect of creativity too. And I think any true scientist would say, "We get an explosion out of the deal. Heck yeah, that's what we want." Absolutely. <laughs> that was my motivation when I was. Oh right. <laughs> That's why I took chemistry and not physics. Science teachers are a chaotic force to be mm -hmm. reckoned with. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's why we're creative. It's what we are supposed to do. And I think everybody is creative. Mm -hmm. Even the math nerd who thinks that science is dumb. Or that art is dumb, sorry. Or the scientist who, you know, only thinks in objective reality. And like I, like, I see this with my own life very much so. Because like a lot of people... Or for, for most of my life, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm creative and I'm an artist because of my mom. Mm -hmm. Because she's also a painter and does a lot of the same art works that I do. She's also a musician. So we do some of the same things in mm -hmm. that sense. But I, as I grew up, I definitely saw how much I got my creativity from my dad, who is a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And so you wouldn't really think, oh, yeah, yeah, he's an artist. But, like, 
he can weld anything. Mm -hmm. And, and like, he comes up with the craziest ways to fix things. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't have a part, usually he'll build it himself. Mm -hmm. He can, he can build most parts. Mm -hmm. Just just doing it. He just does it. Mm -hmm. He just thinks of ways to do it. And this is why he gets driven nuts by engineers because mm -hmm. engineers will give him this plan think not knowing necessarily how that's going to work practically. Mm -hmm. And he can point out immediately, this mm -hmm. is where it's not going to work because of physics, mm -hmm. but here's how I can help you fix it. Mm -hmm. And he just comes up with those things immediately. And I was like, oh man, like that's, I married, I'm, I'm the source of two creative people who got married mm -hmm. and creative in totally different ways and you would not expect it mm -hmm. but like artists in their own field mm -hmm. and I would argue that nearly everyone can be an artist you're mm -hmm. not necessarily going to sell you're not necessarily going to have like that mm -hmm. stupid word talent I guess that that scares mm -hmm. so many people right but you can be artistic mm -hmm. and creative because you're made in the image of a creator yeah um is it my turn I think so yes Probably. that was a question directed at me um so I guess we can wrap it up with this question, but um, how do you reflect God in art? Hmm. Probably a better way to say that, how do I attempt to reflect mm -hmm. God in art? Um, I attempt to remain humble, and that is a hard thing, when, mm -hmm. when I do have talent, and I know mm -hmm. that, and I know I produce things that people enjoy to see. It's aesthetically pleasing, mm -hmm. and so I get a lot of compliments. I get a lot of praise. It is very hard to mm -hmm. remain humble in that. Uh, <laughs> It's hard for any artist to remain it is, humble. It is. Because, like, it, it's, just, it's just the nature of things. But don't worry. The Lord is very good at keeping me humble. Uh, mm -hmm. He knows exactly when to humble me. Hey, that's been my last month. It's a good time. Um, so I attempt to remain humble and know my place as an artist. As I think that's also why I do a lot of nature is because I am so small in comparison to it. And, like, I can stand next to a tree and feel small and see its beauty. I can stand next to a mountain and feel even smaller and be in absolute awe and then think oh my goodness my god is the one who marked the breadth of the universe with with his mm -hmm. hand like oh my like i'm flabbergasted you can't put that in words you can't there's not enough paint with mm -hmm. uh the that that hymn that says could we with ink the ocean fill and where the sky of parchment made, where every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, mm -hmm. to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Like, I want to try and show people that God is so much bigger than they think, that he is, but he's also a God who is imminent and, mm -hmm. and loves them. Mm -hmm. And is not just this abstract thought, but he's one who became man and was humbled mm -hmm. to human flesh yeah. and died for us. Like, I want to just proclaim the glory of God. Mm -hmm. I want to. I'm very bad at it sometimes, but I want to. And that's what I strive for. Mm -hmm. And I, I hopefully can speak the truth of who God is through mm -hmm. my artwork and through being creative and mm -hmm. reflect him by being creative in some sense. I know I can't give anything to God that he hasn't already given to me, mm -hmm. even the, the how paints get made. Mm -hmm. Like if I use oil paints, I can look at, oh, and all oh, my linseed oil, it comes from the linseed plant that God made. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm not giving anything mm -hmm. new to him or anything he hasn't already thought of, but I want to worship him through that and hopefully change in myself. Yeah.
That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Uh, I kind of want to re- read just this really quick scripture uh, from Isaiah chapter 45. I just think it kind of points to how God is uh, creative. Uh, but Israel is saved by the Lord with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, he is God, who formed the heaven, or who formed the earth and made it, he established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Mm-hmm. So within your creativity, as you go about your day, speak the truth of the Lord and mm-hmm. declare what is right in his name and what he has declared to be right. Yeah. All right. Let's go see if they have any scones. Yeah. It's breakfast. <laughs> it is breakfast. Sorry for the bad acoustics. Someone stole our room twice. Twice. So <laughs> it's fun. Anyway, ha- be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee.